Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Rockcast, sponsored by Onyx Hunt Maps. Uh, today, we are going to roll through another episode of Tipsy Tuesday here in late June. And uh, yeah, so first things first, um, a couple of the latest episodes we've we've kicked out. Um, I had my friend Jamie Dykeman on um, talking about product development. That was a fun conversation. And then we had Bill Vander Hayden from Ironwell Broadheads on talking about um, arrow builds. That episode is called Deep into Arrow Builds. And then we had our own Rockslide writer, Jared Bloomgren, on talking about Western hunting and, and all kinds of things. And uh, in this episode of Tipsy Tuesday for the Hot Minute, uh, Jared's going to talk about basically what equipment you need to tune your own bow and what he takes with him in the backcountry and some tips he he does like that so um that'll be a little later on and new rock slide articles jake potter reviewed the stone glacier de Havilland light pant so that's up um other than that we're we're kind of light in june on um on articles and and new products that have come out pretty much everything has come out i think uh first light has released their some new whitetail items. Um, if you want to go check that out. Um, but we're kind of light on everything else. So straight into the hot news. One thing is that's going on is the leftover draws are happening like right now. So, um, I think Wyoming's deadline is tomorrow and things like that for, uh, leftover draws. Colorado is up as well. So basically how it works is like Wyoming, you know, for a region X, let's say there was supposed to be 500 tags in the first draw, they sold 400 of those tags. And so what happens though, they've now come out with a leftover list. So if you didn't draw in a state, this is a really good way to try to get another tag. So they're going to have you put in for another draw to, to draw those hundred tags. And then I believe after those hundred have been drawn, you know, if 80 people put in for it, 80 people get tags and they've got 20 tags left. That'll, um, go first come first serve. It used to be first come first serve after the first draw, but they changed that a few years ago. And now it's, you have a second draw. Colorado is the same way. So go look at those leftover lists. There's a lot of tags left, especially for, there's some decent bull tags left in, in Wyoming. I didn't really look at Colorado too close, um, but there's quite a lot of cow tags left in Wyoming too. So, I mean, if you, you know, can't complain about too much lost hunting opportunity because there was a, a bunch of tags on that. They might not be your premium units, obviously, because there's there's leftover tags. They didn't sell out in the first draw, but it's getting you out in the field and getting you experience. So that's my two cents on that. Um, onto the, the first news, news article, um, Nevada Department of Parks and Wildlife will be hauling approximately 55,000 gallons of water to about 12 guzzlers in multiple mountain ranges for wildlife. Um, they're aiming this towards desert sheep. And so normally the season rains between November and February. I think they call it their monsoon season. Um, and those will fill the guzzlers, but this year's drought has halted that. Um, they're going to be using helicopter uh, helicopters with Bambi buckets. Um, I think it's basically like what you see helicopters working fires with. So they can dip it like out of a reservoir or something. And they're going to use those to refill 180 gallons at a time. 
Um, so Nevada once had around 3,000 sheep in 1967. Now, thanks to efforts, you know, like the guzzlers and I'm sure some predator control and some management in different ways, there's about 12,000 statewide today. So that's pretty cool. Um, on to some more about Wyoming. We talked about this quite a ways back, but, um, bear captures are going to begin in, um, the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. So starting June 1st, the grizzly bear study team will capture as many grizzly bears as possible until October 16th. DNA samples will be collected and bears may get collars or microchips and then released. They think, uh, that they can catch around 40% of the population in an area based on past studies. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Um, the article we talked about quite a few weeks ago about this same thing, um, said that they're going to bait them in. So obviously that's slightly hazardous to the general population. That's like out hiking and such. Um, they, they said that they're going to be very, very well marked and, I, if you see one of those markings, I don't even know if I'd go down that trail. And I think they were talking about some trail closings as well. So if you're in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem, um, you know, out of Cody, out of Jackson, off the Montana side, off the Idaho side, just, um, be aware of that. And we don't want to get anybody, anybody mauled. All right. On to the hot minute. Again, this is Jared Bloomgren talking about archery equipment that you need to tune your own bow. You know, I think back to when I was 10 years old and I started messing around with bows and I started setting up my old own bows at that time. And to think how I ever killed animals back then with some of the crap I did to my bows is beyond me. <laughs> You know, my, my rest was not center shot. I had long four inch overdraws and there was absolutely no center shot whatsoever. My arrow was kicked off to the left, at least an inch and a half, if not two inches. I used come alongs to get my bow to, to let tension off the string so I could put a peep sight in and how the heck I have all 10 fingers and both eyes yet. I don't know. Yeah. But you know, it, just like you, I, I taught myself how to do it for the longest time before I got the right tools. But in today's day and age, you just can't do the things we used to do with bows way back then. And, you know, for somebody wanting to learn, uh, there's some very basic tools for doing it yourself at home. Uh, the number one thing that's probably one of the most important things, and they, it can be spendy, is having a good bow press. You know, you can do a lot of your bow setup without the bow press, but when it comes to putting the peep sight in, um, you absolutely have to have that. If it comes to tuning your bow and twisting your strings or changing your strings, you have to have good press. And I'm not talking your, I can't even remember what those presses used to be called, but they had the cable and the crank on them, mm -hmm. which I, I used to use a long time ago can't use those anymore on most of these split limb bows. And even if it's not a split limb bow, it's just the preload on those limbs anymore. It's just a dangerous thing. So absolutely look into buying a press. You have to have a press if you're going to start doing this stuff on your own. From there, a lot of the other stuff that you need is very basic. You know, uh, some center shot tools to find where your center shot is to tie in your knocking point or your D loop. Um, uh, some, levels for figuring out 
where your arrow is leveled to set up your rest, uh, and not quite as inexpensive, but something that is helped me a lot is like those Hamskia, um, levels that are out there. Mm-hmm. You pay a little bit more for them, but you can do so much with them. You can use them to set your, your, your site up the right way. You can figure out all your accesses on your site and it's one tool that can do a lot of stuff, right? Figuring yeah. out, you know, figuring out how you're going to tie peep sites in, uh, which material you're going to use to tie peep sites, uh, D loop material. There's a lot of different things that go into it, but like anything, the internet is a wealth of knowledge anymore. Mm-hmm. Learning how to set up a bowl by yourself. You know, that article I wrote from rock slide away back, uh, is one such article you can take a look at and it'll get you on the right track to start doing the, the, the your own D, DIY at home on your pose. Yep. And absolutely. To, to, to me, it's, it's therapeutic to get a bow and set it up. I do it on the side as a job. I, I set up and tune bows for people just kind of as a side gig, just mostly for friends or family or people that know me. And it is, it's therapeutic. It's fun to do once you learn how to do it. You won't want anybody else to touch your bow anymore. Yeah. Well, and you know, just knowing some of the basic things, like honestly, like even tying a D loop or serving in a peep site, like, um, or tying in a peep site, like it's really frustrating when something bad happens and you're basically out of luck until you, you know, get to a pro shop and good Lord, that could be so far away if you're in the back country and just need to fix something simple. Um, I've relied pretty heavily on the YouTube videos that Levi Morgan put out about how to do all that stuff, tying in and like where to start, you know, just where to start with everything once you get a new bow. And yeah, it's just, it doesn't really take much to just, you know, a few evenings, like sit down and watch some YouTube videos and practice it and just get, get an idea of, of how to fix some of that stuff. Yeah. You know, now you're talking, so this was all when you're at home doing it yourself, you know, you have access to a bunch of different tools, a bunch of different avenues to do it. But now what if you're out there on a hunt and what do you need to have with you when you're on a hunt? And it really, it's basic stuff that I take with me. I have a Allen wrench set that goes with me everywhere um, to make sure I can tighten up anything on my bow that's needed. Um, dental floss, you know, your, your peep sites tied in with serving usually, or, or some other BCY material, but something as simple as dental floss, you can use to tie in again, if you have to, if something comes loose and obviously dental floss is multifaceted, different things you can use it for. So having it is a no brainer. Getting that piece of jerky out of your meat to tie it in your peep site to suturing up a wound if you have to. There's a lot of different things. You'll look for tools that you can use in, in different avenues. But having a Allen wrench set, some dental floss, because really, if your sights or rest comes loose, your Allen wrench set's going to take care of that. If your peep site comes loose, your dental floss is going to tie it back in. Outside of that, if you nick a bowstring or break a bowstring, you're coming off the mountain anyway. Mm-hmm. So I always make sure I have a, a backup bow sitting back at the trailhead in my vehicle. So if something bad does happen, you know, I can go back and get that bow. 
versus having to drive to a pro shop somewhere off the mountain and buy a new set of strings. Um, another thing that has been very beneficial over the years is, so you got your bull all set up, you're going to go out in this extravagant hunt. Well, most sites now, they have tick marks on all the adjustments on the site. So what I do is I, I take a pencil and I make marks on every part of my site that could move. So if that pencil mark moves or is away from the other part of the site, I know it has moved. Having all those marks on any movable part of my bow, I can always do a quick reference look at it, know if something has moved or know if my bow is still dead nuts. And that has been a huge asset. And every morning before my hunt, I'll look at my sights. I'll look at all those reference marks, make sure they're all in check, look at my rest, make sure they're all in check, do a quick inspection of the strings, make sure that everything is good to go there, make sure the peep is good. And I'll take a, a marker and even put a, a line on my string by my peep site so I can tell if my peep site ever moves. Um, if any of those move, you have your Allen wrench set to put your site or your rest back in the parameters it was where you made all your marks. And then you can look at your peep. If your peep moved, um, which it shouldn't unless you lose, you lose your tie off. And if you did that, you have your dental floss, or if you take a little DCY material with you, you can tie that back off too. But I think just a couple of really easy things like that, and it goes a long ways. All right. So um, that was Jared talking about what you need for archery equipment. I've been working on my own bow for a little while, and um, I, I still need to get a press, but the simple things that you can do to fix things in the field, again, you should just hop onto YouTube watch YouTube video, practice it a little bit, keep some of that, that equipment in your, in your pack. Like, you know, he talked about using dental floss. Um, I just use straight up just serving, um, things like that. So keep those in your pack and it could bail you out for sure. So last week's hot minute, I went through a whole bunch of questions and the winner of the Onyx membership from that, those questions on Instagram is at Cole Hank. So shoot me a message and I'll get you in touch with Onyx. We'll get you a membership. Um, okay. And speaking of Onyx, uh, the tip of the week is mapping distances. So um, this is a couple of weeks ago. I went on a scouting trip. I had planned, we'd been driving around the area. I found a, a spot off the road that you could glass really easily, like some basins that were quite a ways off. Um, and I wanted to... I wanted to glass that, um, and I was going to be a little tight for time in the evening. So I wanted to go up and, and just be able to drive straight to that and have plenty of time to glass in the evenings. But when I got on Onyx, I dropped a distance and I was thinking it was going to be like three miles tops and it ended up being five miles over there. So I had to rethink my glassing strategy a bit, especially cause the sun was going to be kind of setting in that direction. Um, so I went and scouted another area that evening and then ended up hiking out of that area, driving up that road and just sleeping right on that glassing point, being able to wake up the next morning and glass from it with the sun at my back. Um, five miles is a long ways to glass, and but doable if you have the sun at your back. And I, 
I talked to, I have to credit Robbie Denning for helping me out with that a little bit. Um, and Travis Hobbs also, they talked me through some long distance glassing, um, things and, and kind of what to, what to expect there for long distance glassing. So that helped out a bunch, just being able to map the distances. I highly encourage it. Just if there's like a place that you're going to glass in a pin that you're going to glass from, or if there's like a hiking trail of like, you know, you just drop some pins like, Hey, I'm going to, it looks like I can park here. This looks like a good base. I'm going to go check it out. And you drop a pin, just do a distance and just see, um, what it's going to be because it might be a heck of a lot further than you think. And, uh, of course with Onyx maps, I've been using it for a long time. It's a really good tool to have like all your pins in one spot. You know, if you're, you're just, you know, we were driving around this last weekend to an area we've never been to just kind of killing some time in the morning. And, you know, we would find a place that looked decent, just drop a, drop a pin. We would drop a pin where anywhere we could camp. Um, you can label them, color code them, put pictures on them, anything like that. It's a super good tool. And then of course the land ownership information has always come in really handy um, for us as well. So to go check that out, go to onxmaps.com forward slash hunt and at checkout intercode rockcast for 20% off. And yeah, um, on to the workout of the week. Again, this is going to be a, a workout from Mountain Tough. They call this one the also brook. That's a four round circuit. One exercise changes each round. So you start with uh, a half mile run and you do 10 pull-ups, 15 push-ups. And for this first round, you're going to do 20 reverse lunge presses and you're going to do a 500 meter row. And then on to the next circuit, you're going to do a half mile run, 10 pull-ups, 15 push-ups. This time you're going to do uh, 30 front walking lunges in a 500 meter row. So in the third round, you're going to do all of that, but 40 reverse bar lunges instead of the front walking lunges in a row, and then roll up to the fourth round. Um, you're going to do 50 heavy step-ups. So that's a, that's going to be a pretty good workout. I actually might go out and do that right now. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for, for Tipsy Tuesday. We have Robbie Denning coming up talking about uh, mule deer scouting on the podcast this weekend. Then hopefully we'll have Jim Carr on talking about elk scouting and just kind of some other scouting things. We're going to try to hit the scouting hard. Um, especially I want to try to lean more towards elk since we've been hitting deer so hard. So, um, and antelope as well. So, um, thanks for, for tuning into the podcast and all the support and we will talk to you on the next episode.